0: Before we start the show, it's the last week of this season of Invisibilia. It's the show about the invisible forces shaping human behavior. In their final episodes, co-hosts Elise Spiegel and Hannah Rosen are looking at the concepts we have about ourselves. Who are we really? Is there one true version of the self? In this image of who we think we are, how does it limit us and push us to do things we never thought we could? You can listen to Invisibilia in the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcast. I love that. Show. It's too early in it. the
1: day for introspection on that level. It was right some
0: now. real deep questions. <laughs> yeah,
1: who are we really?
2: <laughs> hey, y'all. This is Sam. I'm Betty. Today's guest from the New York Times reporter Katie Rogers and one of the hosts of NPR's All Things Considered, Ari Shapiro. All right, let's start the show. Amazing. I love your Aunt Betty. <laughs> than I, I do, yeah. too. I do, too.
1: Thanks, Aunt Betty. Yeah. we we'll be
2: back.
0: Wait, do you get a theme song? I'm going to tell you all about this. I pick one every week. Amazing. Hey, y'all. Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. You heard Aunt Betty. Now you're hearing Chance the Rapper. We'll talk about this song and her and so much more. But first, welcome. Arya Shapiro, Katie Rogers. You're here for the first episode. This
3: is incredible. I've been waiting months for this show for my ears, and now I actually get to be here. We are. I'm so glad you guys are here.
1: Thanks for having me.
3: Congratulations on your newborn
0: podcast. I appreciate it. You both were around for the piloting phase. Ari helped us out. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't impressive. get killed after my, <laughs> my participation. <laughs> this is Katie's third appearance. I'm it so is. Happy to have third you guys time's here. a charm. Yes. So Aunt Betty does the intro for us. She loves us. She loves y'all. Thanks, Aunt Betty. And also, we don't do theme music on the Friday episodes. We pick a different song each week. I picked this song. It is uh, called... I'm not going to say the name of that song because it's a little risqué, but it's the intro to uh, Chance the Rapper mixtape called Acid Rap. And I love this intro because Chance says over and over and over again in it, We back, we back, we We back. We
1: back, and we back, and we back, and
0: we back. And the choir sings the words even better than the last time. So, like, bidding for today.
1: Here's hoping. Here's and hoping. you're back
0: after having
3: been away from the podcast space for so long. I, I missed you on the Politics Podcast. Aww, thanks, I'm glad man. I can get
0: you here now. I'm glad that you guys are here with me. I want to explain what the show is to folks that might not know yet. A lot of folks rocked with us in NPR One for several months. But for those new to this, let's talk about it. The show is called It's Been a Minute, and that basically is another way of saying, let's catch up. And that's what we're trying to do in the show every Tuesday and every Friday. This is a Friday episode. It is a weekly wrap. We talk about the week of news and everything in the culture, the highs, the lows, the fun, the serious. The Tuesday episodes are what we're calling deep dives, where we talk with one person or have a long chat on a single topic. This first Tuesday episode dropping next Tuesday will be with one of my favorites, Lena Waith from Master of None. Yes. Ooh. Who's your
1: dream Tuesday? Kate Kate McKinnon. Ooh,
0: Kate? That was opinion. quick. Oh, I yeah. know. That at your fingertips. <laughs> I know. I know, yeah. And so, those Tuesday episodes, we have a lot of good stuff lined up. Tim Simons, who played Jonah from Veep, uh, filmmaker and actress Zoe Lester Jones, Harry Styles record producer Jeff Basker. And, Harry Styles, side note, a lot of people heard for a little second Harry Styles' voice in our trailer for the show. And Ooh. some folks on social media were saying, the Harry Styles episode of Sam Sanders podcast drops on Friday. <laughs> Actually, nope, you no. got Ari Shapiro oh, instead. <laughs> no, this is better. But, but just like, uh. for those that came for Harry, stay for the rest of it, okay? Do that. Love you, Chance. Really do. Anyway, the way that we start this show every Friday, uh, I ask my friends here in the booth to sum up the week of news and culture and all the stuff in three words. What are y'all's Three words.
1: It's always WTF every Friday. <laughs> every, <laughs> OMG. Every Friday is WTF. WTF. Fun my life. <laughs> Fun my life. Fun
3: my life. Yeah.
1: Fun good. my
0: life. A podcast. First.
3: Okay, I'm going to start with something uplifting. My three words are summer has arrived. Yeah. Because this week was the summer solstice, the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm. And I had a flashback to a few months ago, I went to Tunisia and I was in this little town called Testour, huh. where they're famous for making soft cheeses. They're kind of like a ricotta cheese, but Tunisian. Love it. There's a mosque in Testour that was made in the 1600s. Uh-huh. It was partially built by Jewish immigrants from Spain. So the mosaic tile work has the Jewish stars in it. And in this mosque in Testour that is centuries old, there is a window. Hmm. And the outside layer and another window in the inside layer. And on the longest day of the year, the summer solstice, the setting sun goes right through the one window through to the other window and hits the inside wall of the innermost room of the mosque. And so I was there like in March, but this week during the summer solstice, I was imagining this place in Tunisia that was built centuries ago, and thinking about the brilliance of people before there were sophisticated technological measuring yeah. devices, and the collaboration of the Muslims yeah. and the Jews that made this place. I so it. it was like a little moment of quite literal sunlight. Yes, I love it.
1: Well, I can understand how you've had a successful career in radio now. that's, <laughs> very...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Shut it, it down. Very we're done. Thanks for being here for the first episode. I already took us out.
1: <laughs> but no, I'm going to go back to WTF. What the fudge? Fun. (laughs) What the fun? No, it's just been another crazy week. And I think the weirdest part is that it just felt like a slow week, too, where it's like... There's when it like, actually wasn't. It's like sustained uh, sure. energy and insanity, so... Well,
0: because, like, this week, there's a lot going on with the state of the health care bill moving its way through the Senate, and this is a big deal. It could change the very American health care system that we yeah. enjoy One-sixth right now. of the U.S. Economy. Yeah, but at the same time when all this news is happening, I found myself at several times this week on Twitter being like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another day of churn, you yeah. know? It's yeah. like, I'm having a hard time figuring out when to take everything seriously, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it's so much all the time.
1: It's like the noise, you don't you don't catch the big stuff with
3: yeah. so much Well, noise. the word that keeps coming up over the last five months is normalization. And things yeah. that used to be considered sure. extraordinary are now considered routine. Mm-hmm. And so how do you modify your internal measuring tools? To, you can't be a five-alarm fire all the time, yes. and yet things that five or ten years ago would have been considered a five alarm fire are now Tuesday. just another day yeah. Tuesday exactly exactly. Yeah. exactly
0: no it's so true my three words for the week are likes don't matter Ooh. likes don't matter likes don't matter let me set this up we saw this week Donald Trump in more than one way kind of win a Republican maintained hold of that uh, Georgia 6th district yep. Democrats put some 30 million dollars into to try to win it still lost Donald Trump and Republicans' repeal of Obamacare is one step closer to actually making it. And what I feel like I see is that regardless of his approval or disapproval, he's got the numbers on the board to get stuff done. I think a lot of Democrats and a lot of Liberals. numbers on the mor- board, just meaning majorities in the House and Senate that he has those numbers and he has his base still. Right. And yeah. so I think that a lot of watchers look at Donald Trump and say, oh, my goodness, his approval rating is at 36 percent.
1: Well, how does how does it matter? Don't matter. factor
0: Because his likes overall don't matter. Uh, so you're his not over- talking about Twitter likes. You're talking I'm about talking approval about ratings. Approval. I, yes. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter because as long as he has the base and he has the House and the Senate, he's fine. Okay. I take your point, but I also think it's too
3: early to say for sure because healthcare has not passed. The wall has not been built. An infrastructure plan has not been presented. There is not a tax reform proposal on the table. Yes. And so it's true that you can count special election victories, and Republicans have now had five of them. But like in Trump terms wasn't an of big legislative accomplishments, it's not there. Yet. Many of the day one promises have not been kept. His travel ban has been struck down in every single court that has heard it. So I take your point yeah. that a low approval rating doesn't mean you'll get nothing accomplished. Yeah. But he still hasn't gotten really big things accomplished. That and is true.
1: There's also the tapes fiasco. Right. I mean, Arthur the, there tapes? the, the Are there interview not this tapes? morning was.
0: Which interview was was this morning?
1: I'm, was I'm Fox behind. And, was it last night or this morning? Fox so,
3: and Friends. Yesterday yeah. he had this very careful lawyerly tweet that said, I did not make tapes yeah. and I don't have tapes. And then he did this Friday morning interview on mm-hmm. Fox where he spoke much more fast and loose as huh. he is wont to do. And it's going to be interesting to see how his making these sort of off the cuff remarks instead of the more lawyerly vetted remarks he made on Twitter Thursday yeah. are yeah. going to play differently.
0: Uh, to close up this loop on likes don't matter, we can't forget. Donald Trump, according to Gallup in their tracking polls of his approval, he's never been approved of by a majority of the country, and he still won the presidency. Well, that's the nature of our electoral college. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, now it is time for uh, sponsored content. We got to read a sponsor note. really. do you he-
3: get to read sponsorships? Y'all
0: are gonna oh. read it. Actually, oh. it's in an envelope. Katie hasn't seen it before, but Katie is gonna take it out and read it now. Oh, you can man. do this. Right. I-, I cleared it with her bosses. Mimit, everybody. Right.
1: My bosses? Yeah. Who? Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thank you to my keepers. Um. Okay. Do I go now? Yeah. This is the first time, guys. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Support for it's been a minute comes from Cake Smash. Have you ever turned on the news and thought, "I'm not going to feel better about the world until I get to smash a cake"? That's where Cake <laughs> <laughs> that's where Cake Smash comes in. Is this real? Can Keep I write going. about this? <laughs> He's <laughs> going. Our freelance cake delivery specialist will bring you a six-tier buttercream wedding cake with exquisitely handcrafted floral elements. And you will smash that cake. Really stomp it to pieces until you feel better about yourself. Eat it or don't. We don't really care. Cake smash. Let them smash cake. What a great... What a great product for 2017. So Amazing. fun. I know, right? Can so, I
3: subscribe to have like a monthly delivered.
0: Yes, takes Is there
1: an Instagram feed of this? Because that's my first I'm gonna question.
0: I'm going to first gel's bubble. This content, this copy was fake? written by a comedy writer for NPR, Travis Larchuk. Man, I love man. Travis, Travis Larchuk. Larchuk. So he wrote our maybe not true ad copy. Travis, I, mean, Travis. I
1: tried really hard on that one. So <laughs> You thanks. did well. False You start. know, Better
0: Call Saul. Actually, this is
3: not appropriate for public no, do it. radio. There's we'll cut it line, if we need to. There's a plot line in Better Call Saul involving blackmail about somebody who really likes to see women sit in pies oh my god and so (laughs) this is the AMC show that was a spinoff yeah 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 anyway so when you read about when when you're talking about Cake Smash you're like okay picturing this episode of Better Call Saul
0: (laughs) what are you drinking
1: oh is that not allowed Um, no it's fine uh, iced coffee bourbon (laughs) with a little bit of bourbon
0: there's almond milk in there coconut coconut i can tell yeah. when there's not real milk and coffee because the, the brown is different the brown is different the brown doesn't look as creamy can
3: i tell you my favorite summer beverage that i've been drinking all summer long yeah
1: april spritz oh.
3: over ice
0: espresso tonic orange bitters
1: whoa wow
0: yeah try that it it's amazing Good. this makes the cut so america can hear it yeah all right we are almost ready to go around the table and each share a new story from the wheat that we care about but first, a thing we do every week. It is called long distance. A little bit of Drake. We call a listener somewhere outside of Washington and ask them what's happening in their neck of the woods. Today, on the line, we have a listener in Georgia's 6th District near Atlanta. Her name is Jenny. Jenny, are you there? I am here. Hey, Jenny.
1: How Hi, are you? Jenny. Hi,
2: Jenny. Hello, everybody. Wait, is it
0: Jenny with an I or Jenny with an E?
2: With a Y. Thank you very
0: much. Oh. <laughs> so you are hearing the voices of myself, my good friend, Arya Shapiro, who you probably know, Hi. and my other good friend, Katie Rogers at the New York Times. Hello.
2: Awesome. Hello.
0: So you're in Marietta. Marietta? How do you say it?
2: No, it's Marietta if you're Marietta. being proper, and okay. if you're from around there, it's Mayretta. Mayreda.
0: I like that. I like like that. So this call was a bit strategic, Jenny. Um, I think most listeners know what what I'm going to ask you about. The big news story was that special election in Georgia's 6th district. Tens of millions of dollars flowed into that district. Republicans won it. Were you affected by all of the hullabaloo around it?
2: Yes, because actually the best thing that happened to me this week is that election is over.
0: Um, (laughs) um, No more TV ads.
2: Yeah. Well, it was the ads. Um, it was the phone calls. Uh, dinner hour, we just literally stopped answering the phone. Really? Wow. It was probably somewhere between six and 10 calls a night. That's uh, insane. I just don't yeah. know. How is, how is that considered effective
1: messaging when you're just bombarding an already bombarded public? Like, what actually got through to you, I
2: guess, would you say? Did anything? I would say nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, to be honest, all can Can, we're, we're a Democratic household. Okay. To be, quite upfront about it. And
0: Ossoff was the Democratic
2: candidate. Yes. And I think the Republicans know it because um, a lot of the phone calls that we did get that were live people were from Ossoff's campaign. Mm. Um, They did. I don't think they did that much robocalling.
3: This is usually a safe district where you don't get a lot of political advertising. So do you now have a new level of empathy for voters in Ohio or Florida during (laughs) the presidential year?
2: <laughs> Maybe you guys can start a support Absolutely. group. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we were just not interesting to anybody otherwise.
0: Well, because that district was red for decades, right?
2: Well, it still is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure you all know this, but the district went one point five points for Trump and twenty three points for Tom Price.
0: And Tom Price, the Republican who won that seat in twenty sixteen, he then joined the Trump administration.
2: So they're really able to differentiate between president and um local representatives.
3: Totally. Ginny, did this change your relationship with your neighbors at all?
2: Um, no, because my my village is my subdivision. I live in suburban Atlanta, okay? okay. And this is, we're, this is subdivision world. Mm-hmm. You have to get in your car to go anywhere, and your world is your subdivision in mm. many ways. And I've been living with my neighbors since Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House. You, From
0: your district? Um,
2: well, he represented the district, yeah. yes. Um, you learn to live with your neighbors because everyday life isn't politics. Um, there's still swim mates. There's still tennis matches. Mm-hmm. There's still women's groups. <laughs> there's still the party at the end of the summer at the pool, and you still hang out at the pool with your, you know, beer in your cans and talk to each other.
3: Mm. So, as so many of us these days are living in our red and blue bubbles, what advice do you have for people who might not have the experience of living in a sixty forty neighborhood?
2: Right. You know. I'm also Unitarian and we have a phrase that says, you need not think alike to love alike. There's always common ground to be found. And, um, you know, people that I know have known for 20 years, that I know are diehard conservative Republicans, that when we start talking issues, we do not see eye to eye. There's plenty of other things to talk about. And Mm. these people are not evil, bad, horrible human beings. They just see things differently.
0: Jenny, you're the best.
1: Great advice, (laughs) wise words that that we all need to hear today.
0: And we
2: need to go
1: to a swim meet.
0: Yes. (laughs) So, what are you going to do this weekend to have fun? Last question
2: I'm going to do a tennis match. I have a tennis match tomorrow morning. We hope it doesn't rain. We're beginning to think we're Seattle, but hotter. (laughs) Much rain. (laughs)
3: There's nothing wrong with the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) where Ari (laughs) is from. Oregonian.
2: And since I live in the south and we like our bourbon, I am definitely having a bourbon cocktail that does not involve espresso. You <laughs> uh, <she laughs> did like it. That idea. <laughs> I like
0: it. I like it. Let me tell you, Jenny, you made my day. I would uh, next time I'm in Atlanta, I'm looking you up, okay?
2: You got it. Answer the phone when he yes, calls. Yes, good yes, luck it's not in a the tennis
0: call. match. Yeah. Have a great weekend.
2: You too all and Bye, uh, get outside the beltway. It's good for you. Oh, Bye. Thank yes. you. That's the best <laughs> advice yet.
0: Jenny is the real MVP good way to kick off that segment
2: yeah that was a
1: good so three words should be go wait go see leave jenny. the beltway
0: no three words are go see jenny go see, jenny. Go see, jenny. Go see jenny. Yeah. jenny yeah yeah all right uh now it's time for a real break
4: then we'll be back to swap some stories from the week Support for this podcast and the following message come from Skillshare, offering an online learning community with over 15,000 classes in design, business, and more to help you grow professionally or add some impressive skills to your resume. You can get unlimited access to classes for a low monthly price. Plus, right now, Skillshare is giving its Ben a Minute listeners a month of free unlimited access when you sign up for a plan. Just go to Skillshare.com/sam. Just a note before we get
0: back to the show, if you want 10 minutes of daily news every morning, do not sleep on Up First. It's NPR's daily news podcast hosted by my friends at Morning Edition, Steve Inskeep, Rachel Martin, and David Green. Plus, you'll usually hear a lot of my old politics podcast colleagues on Up First as well, talking through all the day's headlines. Get it every weekday morning on the NPR One app and wherever you get your podcast. All right, back to the show. All right, we're back. Time for Story Swap, where we each share a story from the week that was, that we either reported ourselves or that we liked a lot. Katie, we'll start with you.
1: Starting with me? Yeah. Okay, well, can I just throw a wrench in the whole constant talking about politics? We would love you. Yes, Okay, we would love which that. means I'm going to talk about- Did you bring about... a prop? Oh, she got- No, I just printed Is out Is that something. a PowerPoint? I actually printed out something just so I can, like, I have notes because I'm a reporter <laughs> and I, that's what we do, allegedly. I would call um, those receipts. Yeah. So there's this guy. So I don't know if you guys have ever been to New Mexico. I have. I've, I did a road trip through the Southwest a few years ago, where I drove through Texas and then up through Mexico. Like went through Roswell, yeah. um, up through Santa Fe, drove to Albuquerque on the Turquoise Trail. I have some and distant cousins from Albuquerque. It is the probably my favorite place that I've ever been in America. Wow. Because everybody's got something going on in the background <laughs> of what they tell you like there are people who own art dealerships that won't give you their like full name or their full story and they're oh, like wow. I dated Janis Joplin and it's like no you didn't like they like everybody's <laughs> yeah. like a little bit like New Mexico ish <laughs> like we've all seen breaking bad i mean I'm not saying that they're meth doing, dealers, he, right i'm not saying that they're <laughs> meth dealers i'm just saying no that shade. i'm just saying that everybody's got a a, sto- a, back a story game. for sure a yeah. hustle. um yeah. and so um the uh, this story caught my eye this week the New Mexico state police are trying to pressure this like antiques collector Slash, like, treasure barrier to stop this treasure hunt that he has been holding based on um, a book he wrote. Have, have you heard of this? No. Oh, his name is Forrest Fenn. He's, wow. a, he's like an 86 year old New Mexico eccentric. But um, in the past few years, two people have died hunting for this treasure. What is, what the, is the treasure? treasure? It is, <laughs> it's sort of like pieces of silver. It's like assorted pieces of things that add up to like a. Just buy a, you some a, gold a big, on TV from those commercials. A big payday. And so wow. the police, um, a pastor was recently His body was recently found. His name is Paris Wallace. So, so the police are saying, please make this safer on people.
0: I'm a pause so I get it. Correctly and crystal clear. This random man in New Mexico is burying treasure for other people to find and giving them clues about it.
1: Yeah. And he's And people are
0: dying when they're looking for it.
1: Yes. Two people have died. Why? Because this is the most American story in in the world though. I mean it just is there's something so American about it that people are. Yeah. They, they need... Do you
3: remember when geocaching was a big yeah. thing where yeah. you would like geocaching was like when GPS was pretty new, uh-huh. you would give coordinates for where you had hidden a thing. Yeah. And pretty much wherever you were in the country or really all over the world, you could like go on these geocaching sites and find where it the is. place where the thing was hidden. And it usually wasn't a valuable thing, but sometimes it would be like a book that you'd make some art in and leave the book there. But it was like a kind of treasure hunting thing and there were concerns about people but going off trails go. and over yeah. cliffs. Yeah. Right, right, right. You, you, you had like you GPS like, coordinates. Attached yeah. to like
1: yeah a, a so network. What kind of clues does this guy leave? So he wrote a memoir, and it's based off of a poem. In the memoir, part of the poem is: "So hear me all and listen good, your effort will be worth the cold if you are brave and in the wood. I'll give you the title to the gold." So that's part of it. Jesus. And then he gets a little bit more specific, like where the water ends. Like just there are verses of the poems that are people are trying to add up to, to find this stuff. And so two have died but, so far. Yeah, two. But there's no proof that.
0: A treasure is actually there? Yeah. That's the twist. There
3: is no treasure.
1: (laughs) Right. The call is coming
3: from inside the house. So police asked him to stop. What did he say?
1: Well, um, so my colleague Jonah Bromwich uh, covered this for The Times a couple days ago. Um, Fenn has said... Um, I'm considering modifying this to make it safer, and I'll have an announcement in a few days. How do you make it safer? I don't know. And so, the yeah. police are making the point that you know some people, when they get excited about things, they get desperate. And please don't don't yeah. encourage it.
0: I hope this story ends well. And wow, that's creepy. I
1: actually emailed this man.
0: Did he um, write back?
1: Not yet. But I was like, uh, I just said, how do you, how are people? Why do you think people are taking you at your word? <laughs> you that know, the treasure like, exists. Yeah, and I yeah. I really want to hear. If I were to
0: make my own treasure hunt. The rules and clues would be very simple. <laughs> the treasure is hidden at the end of my student loans. Pay them off, <laughs> right, like,
1: I will give you my podcast. The treasure <laughs> was
3: inside you all oh. along. <laughs> you that's are like, the treasure. That's like the
1: Christmas story when he's doing the decoder ring and like drink more Ovaltine.
3: Okay, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, you're up. Well, I went out this week on a really tough assignment uh, in a boat on the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, your life! <laughs> First week your of life. summer. Uh, because. How was it? It was beautiful. We saw like rays, cow nose rays they're called, swimming in the water. Yeah, yeah. They're like stingrays, but I learned they're actually not technically stingrays, but they're like stingrays. Uh, We talked with crabbers. We talked to scientists. We talked to farmers because the Chesapeake Bay has been the focus for decades of this big national cleanup effort. Hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions of dollars has been spent on it. How dirty is it? Well, it's actually getting clean. I mean, last year and the year before were the first two years since measurements started being taken that there was no dead zone at all. And a dead zone is when fertilizer runoff and other pollutants cause an area of water with no dissolved oxygen in it. And so fish, crabs, grasses can't live in that Mm. dead zone. And so since the early 80s, there had never been a year without a dead zone. And last year and the year before the first two years ever, they measured no dead zone. The crab population is booming. Even ancient prehistoric sturgeon, which used to flourish in the bay and were nearly driven to extinction, are now spawning in the bay again. What caused this change? This is actually the debate. Everybody agrees that the Bay is now cleaner than it's been since this started. They disagree over what's responsible. Mm. There was this big EPA program. Farmers would get federal funding to plant buffer crops between their fields and the water. If developers, industrial plants, farmers didn't engage in environmentally friendly practices, then there would be consequences. And so At one point, this Chesapeake Bay cleanup was seen as a potential model for like a future Great Lakes cleanup plan Mm -hmm. or Mississippi River cleanup plan. Now, the Trump administration wants to take the $73 million Bay cleanup budget and bring it down to zero. And so because they're
0: probably saying it's clean now.
3: Right. And they're arguing, as some people will agree, that you can do this voluntarily. You don't need the carrots and the sticks. You don't need the federal government to get involved when people see, hey, look, there's more tourism, there's more fishing, there's more crabbing. Everyone Mm -hmm. will say, great, let's just
0: do these things voluntarily without putting the federal money behind it. Wow. My question is, like, how does this debate fit into a larger climate conversation post Paris? Trump said the U.S. will withdraw from that accord. That was a few weeks ago now. Yeah, so
3: I actually went to Paris and covered the climate summit. So I've been reporting a lot on that specific Mm -hmm. issue. And I think what these two things have in common, the Chesapeake Bay cleanup is not specifically about climate change, but... You see the action on climate and on environmental preservation generally moving from Washington D.C. and the federal government to states and cities, Mm. and so that's a
1: really great example of just how this is affected in a community that a lot of people care, like the Great Lakes where I'm from. It's like there are a million stories right now about how the lakes are basically under assault, like barges pull in. These species that then Mm -hmm. attack the the life... The invasive carp
0: and the zebra mussels. Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, also because we're seeing... Since Trump left Paris, a lot of mayors and governors are saying, don't worry, we'll do it on our own.
3: Yeah, there was a yeah.
0: fascinating article this week about Canada's
3: approach to dealing with the U.S. Hmm. and making deals Going state around. by state, governor really? by governor, yeah. mayor yep. by mayor. Going around the federal government. And in fact, uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, had this interesting tweet after Trump pulled out of Paris saying that he was very disappointed in the federal, federal government. government of the United States. Mm. Rather than saying the U.S. decided to pull out, he said the federal government decided They're to pull out. They're
1: making that distinction between... Yeah like a- Americans and their government in a yeah. way which is very In the
0: same way that voters in Georgia's 6th make a distinction between Donald Trump and their Karen Republican Hanley. and their districts. Yeah. Very interesting. What was your favorite animal on the bay?
3: Oh, that's such a good <laughs> question. Okay, well, there are two ways to answer that question. One is these incredible rays that I mentioned. Their mating dance is basically like swimming in tandem. So we saw two right, do of it again. them. Um, they're so like they going just, back and forth. They're swag surfing. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, and my their, God, their they're wings surf. come out of the water. And so you see like the way we could spot them was this little splash in the water. Their wings are coming out. And these two rays in tandem are doing this like dance at the surface. So flirty. Yes. So that was... My one favorite animal, my other favorite animal was at the Crab Shack where we went for lunch. There were some very delicious (laughs) blue crabs, and that was darn tasty.
1: What's your story, Sam?
0: So I had a story run this week all about whatever happened to Upworthy. Oh, I love this. You had the best headline Mm. ever. The headline basically was like, Upworthy used to be the biggest growing website of all time. You won't believe what happened next.
4: Yes. Ooh. And
0: so for months I'd been obsessed with Upworthy and like what happened to them because they literally were the fastest growing website ever around 2012-2013. Yeah. They revolutionized graded the Upworthy headline, which the narrative
1: means, headline, which is not an old thing they just They brought just brought it, it, to, it back. Brought it and so world.
0: After a series of uh, changes to Facebook's newsfeed algorithm, their traffic crashed. It went from like reaching ninety million folks a month to less than twenty. Uh, and the company pivoted afterwards. They hired more writers, had more original content, but less and they're still bait. here. Less clickbait and they're still here. And their CEO told me, he was like, Yeah, we made clickbait, I admit it. But Besides that story itself being interesting and the folks at Upworthy being, one, so resilient and actually out to like do some good, because the whole mission of Upworthy was to have uplifting content, right. right? Besides that, the way that Facebook treated Upworthy offers some clues as to the way that Facebook will treat other sensational headlines. I mean, fake, fake news. news. So the whole question of Upworthy is how will Facebook deal with sensational headlines? And what Facebook told me and has told other folks consistently is that, We'll never make a decision to remove content just on our editorial whims. We'll never say, we don't like this stuff, so you won't see it anymore. What they will do is react to users' behavior. So with content like Upworthy's, they could see a few things. One, lots of people clicked that content, but they didn't stay there a long time. Mm -hmm. And two, lots of people clicked the content but didn't share it. And so that let Facebook know that that content was not valuable. It was clicky but not sticky. And Mm -hmm. that's why the algorithm changed. But the thing about fake news is that it's going
3: to require top-down solutions from companies like Facebook, and it's also going to require bottom-up solutions from, from news consumers exactly. making smart decisions. Yeah. And
0: that's the big takeaway. What we learned from Upworthy means that the only way that we'll see less fake news on Facebook is if we click on it less, is if we share it less, just, because I, Facebook is already about set. This before
1: yeah, on here, it's but, like putting too much onus on the on the users. Well, Absolutely, like, especially
3: I, when there are bots that are supported by countries such as russia that are clicking and sharing
0: in order to gain the algorithm it's It's crazy well and can i give you a little fun bot tidbit so there's a new study out this week from the oxford internet institute computational propaganda research project they looked at the state of fake news and fake people on social networks across nine countries and they found that there's not just fake news everywhere there is propaganda and fake accounts that are meant to manipulate public opinion so they're not just putting out fake news they're trying to create a fake feeling of consensus or support for certain candidates craziest number from this study from oxford they found that some 45 percent of all twitter activity in russia is managed by highly automated accounts, or bots. That's Almost half of the Twitter traffic in Russia massive. is bot-related. It's crazy. And so, what lots of folks find the most annoying is the way that uh, big social networks like Facebook and Twitter want to just remain neutral, remain the Switzerland's of the internet. And it's like, at some point, Neutrality they'll have to is do no longer, yeah. Neutrality
3: is taking a position.
0: There you go. Yeah. So. All right, you guys. Now it is time for my favorite game.
1: Ooh, and this, and yes. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> the game is
0: called Who Said That? Do <laughs> you know this audio, Ari? No. What is this from? Katie, tell him.
1: Real Housewives of Atlanta.
0: Oh, my husband would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun Atlanta Housewives fact. Nene Leakes is coming back to the show.
1: Is she? She got really? a contract
0: re-upped in a way that worked for her. Did She'll she be have back. her own show? She left for a while. I don't know if she had her she own was show. Doing
1: re- she was acting for a while. Not
0: very well. <laughs> so that's why oh, she's back. Okay. Is yeah. Kim... Uh, wh- Zolziak-, Zolziak. She had her own com- show. Is she coming back? She doesn't need to. She's married to some like rich footballer, right?
1: Yeah, she's married. I think he's retired. She though.
0: was the token white Atlanta housewife, <laughs>
1: right? Yes. Uh-huh. A.K.A.
3: wig. Wig. Nene a. A. just Whig. called her wig. That's so mean. (laughs) There is a building in our neighborhood called the Shea, and uh, some of my friends and I call it the She by (laughs) Sheree, because as viewers of The Real Housewives of Atlanta will know, the housewife named Sheree briefly, or maybe still, I don't know, had um, a fashion line called
0: She She by Sheree. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, Sheree. I love it. So the game is very simple. I share a quote from the week, and you guys have to guess who said that. We'll do three today, all right? Do we buzz in, or do we take turns, or do we just shout it out? Just say, (laughs) NeNe. NeNe Leakes. (laughs) (laughs) Wig. Here's the first one. With a whole lot of practice and dedication, the kids broke the record set by their rivals at Hiromi Elementary School.
1: We're supposed to know who said that?
0: Guinness World Records said it, but what are they talking about? Do we get to watch a video? Yes, is it the- They achieved sev- 217 skips in a minute back in 2013. Ooh, jump ropers. Yes. Who were they? Go on.
3: Uh, Double Dutch? I saw this, but I don't remember who. I, watched the, I actually watched the video, but I have no idea who they were.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, from NPR's The Two-Way, uh, mesmerizing and noisy, moving in a figure-eight pattern, elementary school students hopped over a jump rope with perfect timing to set a new Guinness World Record with an incredible... 225 skips in one minute this is a team of 14 students from Japan's Fuji Municipal Harada Elementary School wow this uh, is riveting two young children swung the rope 12 other students hopped through the rope over and over in a like figure 8 blur come watch the video yeah, just come yeah, over here and watch here the we video go. take your headphones off it's really captivating talking to my mic yeah 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 it's so like you have to watch it it's it's it's, it's amazing, amazing. So they're running figure eights through this jump rope. It's so good. While yelling, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, my God. yeah.
3: I would not want to meet those little girls in a dark alley. <laughs> this
1: looks like media Twitter.
0: <laughs> this looks like media Twitter.
3: It's, it's true. You know, my friends and I have a theory about squirrels, that like one squirrel is really cute, two are cute, a hundred squirrels is terrifying. Yeah,
1: this, this is a hundred squirrels. It's, there's something <laughs> nightmarish going
0: on here. All right. Big shout out to those kids in Japan. Here is our next quote. If you asked us four years ago if we had a billion-dollar company, I don't think we would have said yes. Who said was, that? Did Uber
3: see Travis Kalanick? Yeah.
0: No, no, I'm gonna say. Uh, he's famous. He's in movies. He's oh little... George Clooney yes. tequila.
2: Yes, oh, oh the yeah. tequila. So
0: George Clooney is selling his tequila company called Casamigos to some other company for. As much as a billion dollars—that is crazy
1: to Winston, to me.
3: Has anyone tried this tequila?
0: I have not. Is no, it actually but I good? was in
1: uh, that cupcake place in Georgetown. Had tequila. and really? That tequila in their cupcakes recently, and so I was like, so "Here's tequila what's fun cupcakes, though. Uh, mm-hmm. This was there a worm cupcakes? in the cupcake too? <laughs> I did not try, but uh, I was. It was with. It was a picture of George Clooney and Cindy Crawford's husband, who I think is his business partner.
0: The only thing worse than George Clooney getting a billion dollars for tequila is that he and his friends made it basically. Just to have tequila to drink when they were on vacation.
1: Of course, because you are out of tequila, tequila was Como. not <laughs> quite good yes. enough.
3: Yes, so no, I can kind of sympathize with that because I recently made a rhubarb infused vodka at home for my friends and family. <laughs> can I buy it? And it is taking off.
1: <laughs> Do You have a house at house. Lake Como? No. <laughs> okay. In what my house in
3: LaDroite Park,
1: Washington D.C. <laughs> yes.
0: Whatever. Devil George Clooney sold his soul to. It was worth Send it. Sent him I my know. way. Yeah. Send him my <laughs> way. Some guys Sign have all me the up. luck, right? It's something else. All right, one more quote. You ready? There's nothing I would turn away from. I'm looking forward to checking out the new dance show for kids at Disney Junior in Disney California Adventure. Who said that? Wow, I have no idea.
1: Dance show for children. There's nothing. It
0: was a California local who was in the news this week because of a thing. Kamala Harris. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm too inside Washington. (laughs) Children's show at Disney?
0: Let me just tell you. So a Huntington Beach resident called Jeff Wrights has gone to the Disneyland Resort 2,000 days in a row. Oh. Come on. No, it's a good story, though.
1: It seems like something I, I should know, though. I failed. He
0: started going yeah. to Disneyland in Disney California Adventure Park on January 1st, 2012, according to resort officials. Uh, he's a 44 year old Air Force veteran and started going because he was unemployed. Mm-hmm. He has a job now, but he kept going because he loved it. He goes a after job? work. He goes after
3: work, y'all. Feels a little Truman Show ish. You know, you you.
0: about wanted you guys to be much you more have, happier. About you have a, this. You,
3: you, you have. I We're mean, I'm, I'm sort it. of projecting onto this person, <laughs> but you have some issues with the real world, and so you retreat into the happiest place on earth day after day for two thousand days in a row.
0: Ah, yeah, that's, I, I um, have so
1: many questions for this man who's a private. Wait, head. does he have why a Why are we not celebrating this? Y'all are like, nah. Because have you ever been to Disney? It's not actually a happy experience. <laughs> oh,
3: my God. No, listen. I Have think... you ever
1: had pizza at Disneyland? No. <laughs> I think it's the Disneyland worst can be a happy experience
3: <laughs> as an escape from the world. But when you escape from the world for 2,000 days in a row. <laughs> can I ask
1: you yeah. do we know if he passed to pay every day?
0: Oh, no. You get an annual pass. You get a pass, oh, I guess. Or you become like a member. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He now has a day job at the VA Long Beach healthcare system. So he typically spends evenings at the park. Jeff, I will go to Disney with you. Seriously, come find me. All right, time you for one more quick next week. <laughs> Yes. Time for one more quick break, then we'll be back with the best things from our listeners week.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: support for this podcast and the following message come from Angie's List. Home improvement season has arrived and Angie's List is here to help. At Angie's List, they have the tools to help homeowners tackle their to-do list with confidence. Whether you need windows cleaned, your lawn mowed, or remodeled, they'll help you find the perfect pro for the project. Angie's List is now free to join and members receive exclusive benefits and discounts on home services. Visit Angie's today. Angie's List. Home is where our heart is.
0: All right, we're going to try a thing that might not make the final cut, but I got to get it out because it's been wearing on my nerves all week. This is a segment that we're going to call Sam 15. So Brent, who produces this show, says I always come into work with something new to complain about, and the first words out of my mouth in the office are usually complaints. This is usually true. So now he wants me to do it here, voice my complaints here, but only in 15 seconds, then the mics are cut. Ooh. Oh. The All clock right. will start right now when you hear Lil John. Okay! I'm very mad about Lyft this week. They started a service called Lyft Shuttle, where you pay for a Lyft car that moves on a set route
2: during mm, a set time. Really?
0: Lyft made a bus. And call it something new. They think they're special, they're not. Silicon Valley, get over yourselves. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You made a uh, f- They <laughs> made a bus. <laughs> That's overtime, Sam. I know. Can I just read you the Point description? Point made. Can I just read you a description of the of Lyft shuttle? Lyft shuttle lets you pay a fixed rate along predetermined routes during commute hours. The routes have set pick up and drop off locations. They will only stop at predetermined locations, not just anywhere. You select the shuttle option, walk to meet your driver. They drive for a bit, then you get out. Like Sam, I hear you, but have you experienced public transportation in America
3: today? If Silicon Valley can improve it, I say. Everybody in the pool. Let's do this. And I there, mean, there public transportation is are... a disaster. Yeah,
1: and there's another. There's a huge app called Via. Right I feel like we're doing sponsored, anti-sponsored <laughs> content or something right now. But yeah, I mean, people. I think people, especially in places where public transportation is not as great. Yeah. So I think this are willing should be to walk Sam a
3: complains about something, and then the guests tell him why he's wrong. Yeah,
1: I like <laughs> all that. I'm saying is, and we just get call it, unlimited time. Just call it <laughs> Lyft
0: bus. You made a bus. Call it a bus. Like, what are they going to do next? Say, Lyft has made a new portable, travelable lunch packet that comes with crackers, ham and cheese. That's a lunchable. But it'll, they'll call it a liftable. A liftable. Oh, God. <laughs> I should have known that was going to happen. You guys. We didn't like
3: the Disney guy. We like the Lyft bus. We're just contrarian.
0: Um We are almost done, you guys. Oh, are you guys feeling?
3: Congratulations Congrats, on reaching the end Sam. of your official I'm first really show. i really happy I
0: would not have had it done, be done with any other two people. You guys are so uh, great. You, you
3: just say that because everybody else canceled. <laughs>
0: Alright, we end the show as we always do. Each week we ask our listeners to send us a recording of themselves, their own voices, sharing the best thing that happened to them all week. I encourage them to brag. This comes from Facebook where I do this every week and some, and a few friends of mine did it before and it's like this weird chain letter. Is that what they call them? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a weird chain letter that, not, that, that, that now reads millennial. radio. It's is that like, what is that
1: do people do they get, call them, Grandpa? Are people cursed <laughs> if they don't pass the letter along in reply? You should add that. We're about to find out.
0: We have some. Of those voices assembled here let's take a listen
1: oh my god so the best thing that has happened to me this week is winning harry styles yeah. tickets on 106.1 yeah. kiss fm Woo! <laughs> hey sam this is jenny from tokyo japan i Ooh, wanted wow. to
0: tell you about the best thing that happened to me all week It's actually happened
1: every day for the past couple weeks, and it's been talking to someone who gives me butterflies like crazy. The best thing that
0: happened to me this week was I turned 38, and I turned off my Facebook wall, which meant that anyone who wanted to get in contact with me for my birthday Had to make a little bit more of a meaningful approach. Good for you. And I've had a lot of great conversations today and caught up with a lot of old friends. Happy birthday. Life's good. Happy birthday. Hey, this is Brittany calling from Baltimore. The best thing that happened to me this past week was that I was surprised by the uh, culmination of all the pride activities in the city happening right outside my front door. So I called up a couple friends, they came over, we got to hang out in my living room and enjoy one of our favorite
4: artists, Big Frida.
0: Yeah!
1: I received my certification to be an Occupational Therapy Assistant this week and I'm super excited. Congrats. The best thing that happened to me this week is that my daughter said mama for the very first time. It was a really good week. Oh my gosh. The best thing that's happened to me all week is both my kids We're in bed and asleep by 8 o'clock last night. It's pretty great. Hi, I'm Layla Gold.
3: Oh, my God, Layla, you're adorable.
1: And the
0: best part of my week was seeing the big rainbow after the
1: storm. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Uh, My name is Alicia. After two months of dating, I was getting ghosted um, by this guy. And as an American living in London, England, fade-outs hurt a bit more. Mm. So uh, all I wanted to do is be back in San Francisco with my family for my birthday, which is in two days. And the best thing that happened to me this week was I dumped him. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Alicia. And I hopped on the internet, bought a ticket home. Eat, pray, love. So I got my revenge, and I got my plane ticket. So see you soon, San Francisco.
0: Yes. Also, to that loser who ghosted Alicia, we're after you, buddy.
3: We're gonna come hunt really you down just as soon as we're done going to Disneyland with that guy.
0: <laughs> I'm going with him. I'm going. All right. Happy birthday again to Slade and to Alicia. Um, those that things is make such a my week. To end week. on, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So we get so many messages. I wish we had time to play them all. We can't, but we listen to all of them. So keep them coming. Thanks this week to Valeria, Jenny, Slade. Happy birthday, Slade. Brittany, Kate, Mary, Layla, and her mom, and Alicia. Happy birthday again to you as well. Anyone that wants to share their best thing all week, you can do so at any time throughout the week. Just record yourself and email the file to samsanders at npr.org. All one word, samsanders at npr.org. Okay, cue music. Where's Chance? Mama, we made it. Katie, we made Ari. it. Yay! We did congratulations it.
1: Thank you Yay. guys. It's been a minute and we did it. We did it. It's Thank you for minute. hanging oh out. My gosh. Oh my goodness.
0: I love you guys literally. This was like bulls at their peak six Whoa. championships yeah. chicago oh, oh, Bulls the, i was, oh. like, I was
1: thinking, like like, like, Spain. like pamplona yeah. <laughs> that is that's fine too yes
0: yes <laughs> before we wrap just some really quick thank yous well first of all to Ari and Katie thank you guys so much oh my of god it's course. also thanks to my bosses Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman for being the best and giving Brent and I so much runway thanks to the creative design and marketing teams here at NPR who were so patient with us they designed the logo got the word out about the show Thanks to our friend and colleague Tom Dreisbach's sister Erica, because Erica gave us the idea for the name of the show at the reception at Tom's wedding a few That's weeks so ago. So good. Yes, Erica, shout out. Also, the wedding was the best. I heard. Yes. Uh, thanks to our project manager Mathilde Piard for keeping the trains running on time. Thanks to the crew back at NPR Politics who will always be fam. Thanks to Linda Holmes and the crew of Pop Culture Happy Hour for their inspiration and encouragement. They are the OGs of podcasting here at NPR. And thanks to my radio heroes, Shereen Miraji, Sonari Glinton, Zoe Chase, Robert Smith, also Guy Raz. Last thanks to the crew at On Point with Tom Ashbrook, where I got my start in public radio and interning there years ago. And most importantly, a huge thanks to all those listeners that stuck with us from day one in NPR One for several months ago. Your feedback and support were invaluable. A lot of thanks. We're done now. Refresh your feed Tuesday morning to hear Lena Waithe from Master of None. Until then, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chance. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Was Chance listening?
1: (laughs) Was Harry Styles listening? (laughs) I I hope so. Harry, if you're out there.